Thank you so very much. I'd really like to let the team that went to Mardi Gras know how much we appreciate you and what you did and such a good report this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you for the offering, whether it's for the tithe and offering or for admissions. And I'd like to thank everyone for all that they do. Music this morning and singing this morning was just ideal. I appreciate uh, the team and everyone is doing such a wonderful job. God bless you a lot. If you do not have an outline of the sermon, please raise your hand. We want everyone to have an outline of the sermon. January, we started a new series on the songs of the Bible. So 2020 has been sharing about and cons uh, the wonderful songs of the Bible. We're now in a little mini-series, which is, first of all, we shared with you the song of battle. And we took this from 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And most of us know the story of King Jehoshaphat of Judah that went out to fight the enemy. And he set the choir in front. And because he obeyed God and because of their singing and the presence of God, God routed the enemy, and they were destroyed. The song of battle. All of us, listen, have battles in our lives. And there are ways that we can conquer the enemy. There are ways that we can certainly be victorious. And then secondly, we had the song of breakthrough. And we took our text from Acts chapter 16, where the apostle Paul and Silas were in prison and how that God blessed them and gave them a, quote, breakthrough because at midnight he and Silas began to sing. And most of us know this great story, how that they experienced a great breakthrough. I must confess to you this morning that today's message has spoken to my heart even more, if that's possible, than the last two sermons. It is called the Song of of birthing, the song of birthing. And we take our text from Isaiah chapter 54, reading verses 1 through 3. Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Verse 2, he goes on to say and encourages us to enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall, you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Father, add your blessings to the reading of your word. Saturate this place. Saturate this building. Saturate this assembly. Saturate our lives. Saturate our homes with your holy presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jack Hayford says it this way, Isaiah 54, 1 through 3, opens with a paradoxical command. You've got to be kidding command. 
wow. Single barren, you who have not born, break forth into singing, for you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations. The irony here is that no one would direct a despairing reject to sing. In ancient Israel, a woman without children was disenfranchised, subject of spiritual unworthiness, and potentially subject to divorce. Yet the prophet, this great prophet Isaiah, commands the woman to sing and incredibly directs her to start preparing a nursery for there are babies, plural, coming. And then if you look at it, Isaiah 54, the fourth and fifth verse, it says, do not fear, <coughs> for you will not be ashamed, neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. For your maker, this is how close God wants to be to us. This is the kind of relationship that he desires for us. For your maker, your husband, your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name, and your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. Wow. Sing when you don't feel like singing. Pray when you don't feel like praying. Visit when you don't necessarily feel like visiting. Go to church when you don't necessarily feel like doing those things. God is speaking to a barren church. One of the things that has concerned me this week is how many churches, by the thousands, fail to bring forth babies. Fail in one year to see one soul saved. Thousands. I was reading the statistics on it this week. Thousands of churches. Our church. And we see the problem of barrenness. Barrenness is not reproducing, incapable of offspring, being fruitless, and certainly being unproductive. How can we deal with it? What can we do about it? What, how can we deal with the church as a whole being barren? There were six barren women in the Bible, Sarah, Abraham's first wife, Rebecca, Isaac's wife, Rachel, one of Jacob's wives, Samson's mother, Manoah's wife, uh, and then Samuel's mother, and then Hannah and Elizabeth or Samuel's mother, Hannah, and then Elizabeth, John the Baptist's mother. Six women. And it's amazing if you read the stories of these six women, how God dealt with them, how they dealt with their barrenness. It teaches the church, it teaches you and I how to deal with our barrenness. What can we do when Souls are not being saved. You see, but churches are growing. They're transfers. 
they're transferring from this church to that church. I'm not saying that there are not churches where people aren't being saved, but it's certainly not where God or what God wants for us today. But yet this prophecy, <clears throat> this prophecy is so rich. It's so rich. Barrenness, look at number two, in the life of a believer can speak of unfruitful seasons. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me ask you this. As I walk through and describe the barrenness of a believer, see does any of these descriptions speak to your heart. So unfruitful seasons. Are there unfruitful seasons in your life? Feelings of inability. I can't. I can't go to Mardi Gras. I can't witness for Jesus. I can't go do this. I can't tell my neighbor or my co-worker about Jesus Christ. Feelings of inability. A wilderness experience. Let me ask you something. With your spiritual walk, in your spiritual life, are there feelings of wilderness experiences? Have you gone through that dry, serial, dry time in the Lord? Where are we at? And then another description is failed dreams and expectations. We had great dreams as a young Christian. We had great dreams when we became a believer. We had great dreams when we got married and had children and all of these came along. But what happened? What happened? What happened to our children? What happened to our grandchildren? Why? Why did thus and so happen? Have we gone through those times? Has there been fruitless labor? I've worked and I've prayed and I've worked and I've prayed. But is there fruit? Is there fruit? And I, I, I don't doubt that I'm speaking to some. I know I've been there. We've all been there. We've all experienced some of these descriptive means of, of barrenness. God desires that we bear fruit. John chapter 15 and verse 2 says, Every branch, Jesus says, in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it, that it may bear more fruit. Most of us remember when Jesus and his disciples were walking along and came to the unfruitful fig tree. The unfruitful fig tree. What did he do? He cursed it. He cursed that fig tree. So it's God's desire that you and I bring forth fruit. And, you know, Galatians talks about the fruit of the Spirit, and we certainly want that love and joy and peace, long-suffering, and, and, and all of those things. <coughs> I'm so sorry. All of those things. But how about the fruit of people being born again, saved? Babies being born. Look at number two. Follow it with me. Overcoming barrenness. Number one, notice how we can overcome barrenness. First of all, let's look at Luke chapter 1, verses 5 and 7. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain man, priest named Zacharias of the division of Bijah. 
His wife was of the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous. Now notice these two people. They both were righteous before God. Number two, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and, there were, and they were both well advanced in years. They need a miracle. You and I need a miracle today. Amen? We need a miracle. Our church needs a miracle. Our community needs a miracle. Durham needs a miracle. Our nation needs a miracle. We need to see people born again. We need to see babies coming into the church. Oh, yeah, they're a mess. You have to burp them and all of the kind of things. But it's well worth it for those people to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. So what did, what did Zacharias do? He didn't stop serving God. He was still in the temple serving as he was supposed to be and supposed to do. Elizabeth, Elizabeth was still serving God. They both were righteous before the Lord. They both were righteous before the Lord. Amen. But they prayed. And while Zacharias was uh, honoring the Lord in the temple, the Bible says an angel appeared unto him and said, you're going to have a son. What? We're too old. No, you're going to have a son. What? And you're going to call him John. And that was John the Baptist. And Elizabeth became pregnant and gave birth to John the Baptist. But notice, notice if you... <coughs> Notice, if you will, verse, thir verse 13 of chapter 1. Now, this is after Zacharias was ministering to the Lord, and the angel appeared to him and says, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayers is heard. It's time for the church to believe God in their prayers that he is going to change people's lives. We're going to pray until something happens. We're going to pray until the church experiences an outpouring of the Spirit of the Lord. We're going to pray until we see souls saved. Prayer, 1 Samuel chapter 1, look at it. And he, Lakina, or I'm sorry, Elkina, had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah and the name of the other was Penene. And Benene had children, but Hannah had no children. This man, this father, this husband, this man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And whenever the time came for Elkunah to make an offering, he would give portions to Benana, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But look at verse 5 of 1 Samuel 1. But to Hannah he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah. Although the Lord had closed her womb, and her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Therefore she wept. And did not eat. Now look at verse 10. Now understand something. The devil harasses you 
because you're not doing, quote, what you need to do before God. The devil puts you on a guilt trip because you're not winning all those souls. And this is what was happening to Hannah. She was being taunted. Listen, let's get tired of the devil taunting us. What did she do? Look at verse 10. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Give us a church that will pray and weep and be in anguish that souls would be born into the family of God. That there would be a, a revival of being, people being born again. Most of us know this story how that Hannah went to the altar and she was in the altar and she was weeping and crying. She was in distress. It was a disgrace that she had no children. Her husband, other wife, she had all the children and boy, they were all, listen, can you imagine all those children are running around, but she had no children. She was in that altar. How long has it been since we went before God because we haven't seen souls saved like needs to be saved? Hannah did. And she was praying to the Lord. And Eli, the priest, saw her. She was so moved and so grieved until her mouth moved, but no words came out. The priest, Eli, thought she was drunk. She said, I'm not drunk. I'm just pouring my heart out to the Lord because I have no child. And she promised the Lord in that altar. She said, God... If you'll give me a son, I'll give him back to you. Hallelujah. God gave her Samuel, one of the greatest, if not the greatest prophet ever lived. God gave her Samuel, and she did. She gave him back to the Lord. Are you barren? Pray. Are you barren? Cry out to God. Seek the face of God and say, Lord, I want to be an instrument in your hand for souls. To be saved. Number two, are you barren? Praise God. Break forth into joyful shouting. Sing and shout over your barrenness. You see, the thing about it, this prophet told the woman that was barren to start singing even before she started bearing children. We do it in faith. We pray in faith. We sing in faith. We work in faith. We witness in faith and believe in God. God, you are going to make a way. It is going to happen. Sing. Don't let the devil steal your song. Don't let him steal your song. Sing. Praise God in the very face of barrenness. Not because you, don't, not because you feel like it. How many of you have ever sung when you didn't feel like it? Have you ever praised God when you just flat out didn't feel like it? That's what God's asking you to do. He's asking the church to start believing in him and operate in faith. First of all, we pray. Second of all, we praise. And thirdly, <coughs> we prophesy. I'm not going to read this because most of us know the story of Ezekiel. In chapter 37, when he saw the valley of dry bones... And God said to Ezekiel, you think these dry bones can live again? Ezekiel said, Lord, you know. And then he told him to do something that was so vitally important. 
He said, prophesy to these bones. Well, Brother Don, I don't, don't know that I, I can prophesy. Every one of us can. Prophecy now means to, and there are other certainly prophecies that we speak during the baptism and, and the manifestation of the Spirit of God. But what, we're, what God is wanting the church to do, he wants the church to speak his word with power. That's what it was. In fact, if you read the translation there in Ezekiel 37, you'll find that that's what God was saying to Ezekiel. Speak the word, my word, with power. So the church needs to first of all pray. Pray with weeping. Pray with faith. Second of all, the church needs to praise. It needs to honor God in praise and honor God. Praise not only at church, but when you're riding down the highway, in the home, praising God, honoring Him. And thirdly, we need to speak the promises of God with faith. God, you said it was going to happen, and I speak your promises with faith. Know His word. Know His promises. And God said, you said, what promise am I going to speak? This promise right here. He says, do not fear. Are you afraid? Send fear packing with faith. Have faith in God. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. Oh, but Brother Don, if I start praising God, I'll look like an idiot. If I get out there and no one's walking around and praising God, if I start worshiping God and shouting before the Lord, they'll think I'm crazy. So be it. Step out in faith. <clears throat> Start praising with exuberance. Start worshiping with excitement. Let your voice be raised with praise. Get excited. I mean, get determined. Lord, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray in faith. Lord, I'm going to praise, and I'm going to praise though I see nothing. I praise God it's going to happen. Don't fear, for you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore, for your maker is your husband. I'm not dependent on my feelings. <coughs> I'm so sorry. I'm not dependent on the way I feel. If I, felt like, if I did what I felt like right now, I'd close this book and go out and walk out and go get me a cup of hot tea. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to trust God. You pray in faith. You praise in faith. And you speak the promises of God in faith before the Lord. And watch babies be born. Watch it happen. Overcoming. Faith. Look at your notes. Hey, faith makes declarations of God's promises. Get your Bible out. Get, get some notes out and start reading God's promises. In, in faith, I will not fear. You will not fear. I will not be ashamed. I will not be ashamed. And start reading it in faith. I found out this week my wife is a monster. Let me explain. Let me explain. We uh, had water to get in our drawers in our bathroom. 
We've got four drawers. And water got in it and it warped all those drawers. And we've been working for two weeks to put new drawers in that bathroom. They want to charge us $300 a drawer. Four drawers? They wanted to do this. We tried that. We called here. We came here. We went in. I mean, we tried everything. Not the man of the house. Man, I should have fixed those drawers. I mean, I'm the man of the house. I came down to study yesterday and I got back to the house. She said, Come here, I want to show you something. I looked there and every one of those drawers, there they're all at the front and they were just like, wow, just like brand new. I said, What happened? She said, I got a hold of my hammer. Her hammer's a big hammer, it's red. She got a hold of that hammer and got on those drawers and they just flat out straightened up and got in. I'm telling you the truth. I was surprised. I couldn't believe my eyes. We didn't spend any money. She just got determined. She went and grabbed the hammer. It's time the church stands up and say, enough is enough. I'm going to pray, God, until you move. <coughs> I'm going to fast until you move. I'm going to praise. If I don't see it today, I'm praising today. If I don't see it tomorrow, I'm going to praise anyway. You say, Brother Don, you believe it happened? Yes, I do. Spiritual babies are coming. Let me say it again. Spiritual babies are coming. Someone said, you don't know what the world's like. Yes, I do. You don't know what's going on in our culture. Yes, I do. You don't know how the devil's doing this. I don't care. Spiritual babies will be born when the church will stand up in faith and get their hammer and say, let's go to it. Let's go to it. It will happen. It will happen. Prepare for increase. Enlarge your spirit and mind. Think big. Desire more. Stretch yourself. Do something you haven't done before. Try something you haven't tried before. We have Dan and Larry. Dan and Larry, Larry Smith. You know what they're doing? They're in there teaching children. Oh boy. Oh, but we got others. We have, we have folks looking in the, working in the nursery. We have people doing things that they would have thought they never could have done. Stretch yourself. Do something for God. Oh, it's a little quiet. Let me say it again. Do something for God. Sing a new song. Go a new place. Pray a new way. Do something you haven't done before. Strengthen the stakes and increase capacity, fruitfulness, faith, victories, and confidence in God's ability. Someone says, Brother Don, I don't feel like it. You don't do it or not do it because you'd feel like it or don't feel like it. You do it because God's word says do it. You do it because God's promises says, I will be with you. Sarah, Abraham, you can't have children. God said, you're going to have children and we have Isaac being born. Samuel being born. John the Baptist is, listen, there's a John the Baptist out there waiting somewhere. We need to witness. 
we need to tell them about Jesus. God's promises. You shall, you shall not be ashamed. You shall not fear. These are God's promises and they will come to pass. You say, Brother Don, how can you preach that sermon like that? Because my trust is in God. Listen, I believe it with all of my heart. God, you will not be put to shame and you will not be disgraced. Look at the questions and I'm ending as they come around this altar. Brother Matt, the worship this morning was absolutely beautiful. Sing what you want to as you come. Look at the questions. Are you feeling barren and desolate? Are you? Seek to serve the Lord in a new capacity. Well, I can't do it. You can. You can. You want to do something to bless people? You want to to see a blessing? Walk into the fellowship hall and look at those tables decorated. They're just beautifully decorated for tonight. Joel Yarborough has a talent. I mean, do something maybe you haven't done before. Do it in Jesus' name. Take on a new challenge, whether it's work with the children, whether it's to go visiting on on Wednesday night with the Barnabas ministry. Do something beyond yourself and have faith in God. Here's another question. Have you placed limits on your life that God has not placed? Mm. Have you placed limits on your life that God in no ways have placed on you? We're going to overcome those. What would, you, what would prevent you from breaking forth into joyful shouting? And number four, what are you doing to prepare for spiritual fruit? Don't be afraid. Don't hesitate. Have faith in God. Let me give you one word and I'm closing. Trust. Or do you got to go visiting here? Go to the New Orleans here? Or do you have to prepare pizza for a group of kids on Wednesday night? We've got so many people that are so active for Jesus. But they take a step of faith. Reach out. Step out. Be obedient to God. Sing a song. God's speaking. Listen, don't, 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 don't let your mind wander. God's speaking right now. You know, when the joy comes to the church is when a soul is born again. We have a new birth in our church. We've got a new baby. And we got so excited on Wednesday night was a week ago that um, Herbert came to, uh, came to the Lord on Wednesday night. Pastor Don witnessed to him. Uh, on Tuesday, he said, I'll be there on Wednesday. He came on Wednesday, and he's a new birth. It brings so much joy to the church when there's babies born. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. What a powerful, powerful thought. 
God shine. I remember that there's a lot of darkness in this old world today. Darkness wherever you go. But the light of Jesus Christ, listen to me, is going to break forth. Church, prepare for babies. I'm talking about spiritual babies. Church, prepare. Church, believe for spiritual babies. Church, pray for spiritual babies. Church, praise for spiritual babies. Church, prophesy. Speak the word of God in faith for spiritual babies. It's going to happen. God, I believe that you're going to touch this church and we're going to see people saved, born into the family of God, baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Spirit. God, they're going to be babies, babies, babies. And we believe that today in Jesus' name. If you're here today and you have a special need, have a special need, I believe God will touch you today. Anyone? Just slip up your hand. Okay? There's others. Come on, lift your hands. If you have a need, just if you're facing something physically or spiritually, just, just raise your hand. Now, Father, we agree concerning these needs today. We ask you to lay your hands mightily upon these bodies. Lay your hands mightily upon these lives. Healed. In Jesus' name we pray. God, I pray for those that are not here today because of sickness. Visit those homes. Visit those lives. Satan, take your filthy hands off of God's people. And God, I pray that you'd open up the spiritual womb of the church today, of Bethel. God, I rebuke the spirit of barrenness. And I speak forth the spirit of abundance. I speak forth the spirit of birthing. I speak forth the spirit of productivity I claim the spirit of fruitfulness oh God I speak to the barren land today and I pray that you might refresh that land with the outpouring of the rain of the Holy Spirit and let there be the budding of your Holy Spirit the budding of a mighty outpouring of the Spirit of God. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Shine, Jesus. Shine. Fill.